Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design businesses and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. This is episode 50, Q&A session number five, Ask Us Anything Live, also known as the farewell episode. Hi, Kate. Hi, Leslie. I'm sad, excited to do this. (laughs) Kate has a giant bottle of champagne in her hands that, no joke, she just bought for this occasion and how I wish I could actually have some champagne with her, but instead I am day drinking some white wine from Aldi. Live your best life, everybody, with some wine in the afternoon. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's a little later where you are. I'm. Uh, it's uh, still only two o'clock. <laughs> barely twelve over here. All right, here we go, guys. There we I go. I wish I could share this with you. God, it's not fair. Anyway, all right. Kate says she was going to drink out of a glass, and I think she should just skip the glass and go right for the bottle because it's well, it's Thursday. Whatever, it's a day. It's a time. I don't know if you guys are watching this on live or listening to the podcast, but the way that the split screen works on Instagram live, my bun is being cut off and I kind of just look like a bald guy with pink lipstick on. <laughs> it's not my best look. <laughs> Anywho. Well, if cheers. this is your cheers friend and friends watching and hanging out with us today, I'm really excited that you guys made the time to be here. I see some familiar faces. It's so fun to do it live. I've, I don't do lives very often. You do them all the time and you're so good at them, but I get super nervous and I I've done them a few times, but I'm going to try to get better at that. But it's really nice to see actual people and connect and interact with them in, in real yeah. time. So I get it. I'm, I'm going to be better at that. We'll see. I need, somebody to, I need somebody to keep me accountable though. <laughs> Leslie. I'll do my best. Right. And I was going to say last week when we announced that we were wrapping up, we got so many thoughtful and kind and wonderful emails and questions. I mean, like we've just had a, an amazing week engaging with you guys over email and answering questions and starting conversations. And we're so grateful for that. So thank you for being here for 50 episodes. And if this is your first time being here, go back to episode one <laughs> and you've got a lot of content to catch up on. But as you guys know, this is our last episode. That is the reality of where things are at. And it's funny because even if we hadn't sort of come to this decision from a heart place of feeling it was time to let go, logistically, there is no effing way I could keep up with this with both of my kids home and no child. I mean, (laughs) 10 minutes before we hit start, I was upstairs screaming at my kids. Kate said she had never heard me. She didn't know I could do that. I was like, oh, I can do that. (laughs) Sometimes they just... I was like, I talk to my kids all the time, but you're always so zen with your children. And I was like, oh, she's got it in her. She's got it in her. Um, All that to say... Go ahead. No, this has just been fun. And you're right. The letters that we got were, um, you know, for a second there, I was like, wait, are we actually supposed to be ending this? Is this the right thing to do? And of course I know it is. Um, you know, I think just things come to a natural, a natural end. Um, so it's normal, I think, 
um, just to let things go, but it's been fun. Um, but the, yeah. the last, the last couple of months admittedly were, were difficult to coordinate given everything that's going on. So, um, who knows, who knows what all is next and what's in store, but I'm excited for today's episode. Um, cause I, and I did like this much planning. I'm holding up zeros, zero planning for this episode, other than grabbing the questions, which we got so many good questions. We'll see how many we can get to, but it's kind of uh, nerve wracking just to fly off the cuff and to not really think through the answers, but we're going to do our best, right? Yeah. That's how things got started was just us talking and working through things. So this is kind of a throwback to (laughs) pre-podcast times where we just got to hang out and talk to each other. And now we have people joining us, which is super cool. So we're so grateful everyone is here. Should we dive into some questions? Because I have, I kind of have a hard stop when my kids come downstairs. (laughs) It's what's going to happen. We might just have to end this thing abruptly. Yeah. All right. So let's kick us off. This question came from a number of people, including Caitlin and Christy. And the, the question basically is, what are favorite policies that you've added to your contracts over time? I love this question because there's a lot of stuff at the beginning that I didn't have that I went, oh, I didn't even know I needed that. What about you, Kate? What have you thrown into your contract that has been really helpful to you? <laughs> we are not responsible for your pets <laughs> when we're Ooh. at your house. <laughs> That's one that um, there were a couple of times where, you know, we would need to be at a client's home for say an install, for example, or a site visit. And and usually the clients aren't there for that. Um, you know, we had one, she was a lovely client, but her dog was small and bananas, like totally crazy dog. And it was like one of those ankle biter type, but my husband calls them puntables, (laughs) which is terrible. Um, and I was always nervous. He was going to bite the back of my ankles and, and, you know, once he calmed down, he was fine, but he was just a nerve wracking dog. But every time I go over there, she's like, Oh, just he'll be there, but just ignore him. And I'm like, no, nah, you can't just ignore dog. him, <laughs> you know, or like guys would be working in and out of the house all day doing construction and they would need to leave the door open to get things in and out. So we finally were like, you're going to have to do something with your dog on days that we're there working. And she didn't have a problem with it. She finally, I think a, the lights went on in her head. She's like, Oh yeah, maybe I should do that. But, you know, like, I don't want somebody's dog running out and getting out while I'm there. And so we just are like, you need to do something to secure your animals if we're going to be there. So, um, yeah, or cats, you know. So that's one where you just tell them they need to take care of their animals if we're going to be working in the house. That's smart. I don't have a clause like that, and I think that's a good idea. Mine is not quite so grand. I just made sure that I had stuff about photography. Oh, I know. I do know one. Photography and lawn signs. Just saying that as part of our work together, I will be putting a sign in your front lawn and then I will remove it. Because I think that's something, it's such great advertising, even if it seems really old school and I always forget about it. So it's one of those things that's good to have in the contract. And of course, if a client has a major issue, it's even in the contract that in writing for both photography and lawn signs, they can request in writing to not have those. No one, one client has said no to photography for personal reasons, which I get, but those are things that I just think are important to have because they really is valuable opportunities for you to document the project and share it with others and advertise in the neighborhoods that you want to be working in. 
So those two things have been helpful for growing marketing and just making sure that the clients know up front that that's going to be happening while they engage us for their project. So we've talked about this before. A lot of photographers uh, and um, interior designers have a different rate if your fo- if your project is not photographable by the client's choosing. Um, that's more like celebrity tier clients who um, don't want images of their home published. Um, that is totally workable, but because that does not become collateral for the designer, um, there's a, a higher rate of, um, for their fees. So something to consider. And one of my friends, she's, um, back in, she's done photography for, you know, Joanna Gaines for their family, for their kids' birthdays. And, um, I think she was given permission to share like one, um, but the rest were, her part of their private, you know, photos, which I totally get, like she's a legit celebrity. Um, and so, um, you know, not being able to share that work on her portfolio is, you know, it's different than when you can have something that helps you get more clients. So I like that clause. I can't, I haven't looked at my contract in a really long time. I don't, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, I never actually, I don't pay that much attention to it now that it's kind of done and been reviewed by lawyers and I've really tweaked it. I just skim it and send it, but maybe, maybe it's time to take another peek in there and see what's going on. Yeah. I know. I, I really clearly outline what's considered billable hours and what's not like putting together your invoice for hours, honey, that's billable. You know, fixing a boo-boo that we made on our end, not billable. Um, those kind of things. So, yeah, yeah great question. Um, our next question comes from Luis. I don't know if this is the same Luis that's on live with us, but if it is, here's your question. I would love to know how you say no to a project which isn't a, isn't the right fit for you. I can often tell from my initial phone call, very good, Luis, getting some red flag warnings. I can very often tell from my initial phone call that the project slash client isn't right for me, but find it's hard to say so politely. I don't want to say that I'm not taking on new clients as I have online booking on my website and clients can easily see I have availability. I Um, love that caveat because I think that's an easy out to be like, sorry, I'm busy. And then you're not. So I appreciate the integrity of not using that as an out for a new Oh, I don't know if that's integrity. It's more like just running your business the way you need to. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, it sort of depends on your comfort level, but it's more like it's none of their business. So just because you have availability online to take like a, you know, a discovery call or maybe even a two hour consultation, that doesn't mean you have availability to do a full service project. So, um, yep, that's me. All right, Louise. Is it, I can't even ask. I'm like, is it, am I saying it right, Luis? I think it's a really beautiful name. Um, so there's kind of two questions here. One is how do you say no politely? Um, uh, first of all, I wouldn't worry about the fact that you have online booking on your website. Um, there are a couple of ways that I've gone about this. I really wish I thought about this a little bit more because I <laughs> would dig back because I've said no many times. Um, but it's for various reasons. Um, I, I would guess it depends on what is it about this client that's giving you, you know, red flags or whatever reason you think it's not a good fit. So I'll just think of some examples. 
Um, and since you are here, um, <laughs> Luis, feel, feel free to expand on this or comment. Cause like I am seeing some of your comments. So, um, let's say you don't think they're a right client because their budget, if you've talked about that is, um, really not in the ballpark of where you would like to have clients. Um, I have recently raised my minimum for, you know, I have my design fee minimum, but now I'm starting to implement a higher minimum for your design project. So starting out by saying, you know, I take on full service projects with a minimum budget of X dollars. Um, it's just a really fact-based way to say like, you know, um, that's, that's the starting level for working with me. Um, I realize that can be really uncomfortable at first, but you do it once and it's not that uncomfortable <laughs> anymore. Um, perhaps their timeline is, uh, not ideal. Maybe they're sort of, uh, you know, pie in the sky about how long they think something's going to take. Um, you know, expressing to them, I appreciate your interest. I really, the way that I work is, um, you know, we're really thoughtful in the design process. We um, take a lot of time to get to know our clients and every decision we make is extraordinarily meaningful and thoughtful and that takes time. And so in order to meet your needs for a timeline, I don't think that I'm going to be a good fit. Um, it's always important, I think, to bring it back to you, um, and not make it about them and say, um, okay. She said style. Okay. Louise. Great. It's often a style thing. I love color and I don't want to do any more gray. I want to be challenged. Um, you know, I, I love that. Uh, Leslie, feel free to, to jump in here. Cause I'm sort of rambling, but with a style question, that's a really good one. Cause I recently had somebody come to me and they just bought this gorgeous mid-century modern house, which I totally could have done, but that's just not where my love and passion is. And I know there are designers out there that are going to do that way better than I could. Um, so if it's a gray thing, maybe that's just their comfort level. You could say, look, I am really driven by color. That's how I design. And that's how, um, and I want to work with clients who really love and embrace color. And if you're on board with exploring that, let's, maybe do a concept design, maybe do, um, a two hour consultation before you commit to full service. Hi, Whitney. <laughs> um, you know, or you might just flat out say, no, I, I, I really would rather work with client. You know, I'd really rather work. My comfort zone is in the color space. Um, Leslie, feel free to, to add to this because I get it. I don't want to work with clients that don't great. have the same. I don't want to work with clients that have the same you know, yeah. they've got, they're like, have you looked at my website? Do you see what I do? Um, it's well, and I find sometimes too simple is good and you don't necessarily need to elaborate. You can just say, you know, 100%. thanks so much for your interest in our, in our business. Unfortunately, right now your project isn't the right fit or, you know, we don't feel that we're the best design firm to meet your needs. I'd love to refer you to XYZ designer who may be better suited for your project. That's a good point. You, really don't, you don't really need to over explain too much. That's yeah. for sure. I do think a polite, thoughtful response that is truthful, but you don't have to apologize for it or elaborate too far into why just, we're sorry. We appreciate your time. This isn't a great fit for our, for, you know, for our business right now. 
we, you know, we'd love to recommend or, you know, have you checked out XYZ person? So at least give them something else to go on and not just shut the door, but show that you do really care about them and their project and want to direct them somewhere else to someone that can actually meet their needs. And then you're still, you're still good in their books. Even though you weren't the right designer for them, you've been able to be someone of value and connect them to someone who really can serve them better. A hundred percent. I love that. And Whitney, I just saw your comment about it's such a bummer to get turned down. A graphic designer did that. Um, you're right. It is. And so just having a really, um, thoughtful, like one line sentence that, you know, makes it not about them and it's not personal. Um, it's just not a good fit. And then like Leslie said, giving them another resource can be helpful, but yeah, I get it. We don't want to make anybody feel like they're not, uh, worthy of your design services. That's not what it's about. It's just making sure that they get out of the experience, you know, the best, you know, that they get the best experience possible. And you're not sure you can be the one that can do that for them. So yeah, good question. All right. Leslie, what's our next question? Stevie, our girl Stevie has asked for tips for taking headshots and branding and lifestyle photos of yourself. And I love this question Mm because I have done that. So when I was in Waco, I worked with a great company called Be Known Photography. I think they just shut down actually, but there's a lot of photographers. Yeah. There's a lot of photographers coming up though that are realizing there's a huge market for solopreneurs, small business owners, and creatives to do that. And so I was one of their first clients. It was a blast. And that photo shoot was in 2017, early 2018. And I still use a ton of those photos today. So first tip, do it. It's so, so awesome. And then what they encouraged me to do that I'd never even thought of was, you know, not only different photos of me around my office, around my home, you know, looking the part and everything, but also, um, Oh, what is the word I'm thinking of? Like, you know, flat lays and styled shots, but also kind of styled stock photography with elements of you in it. So I have a bunch of pictures that we took of my hands flipping through sample books, you know, drawing floor plans, things that didn't have my face in it, but really showed the lifestyle side of my business and the, the design process. Yes. The design process. There's photos of me from behind working on my calendar on my computer. So that's one thing to consider is just styled pretty vignettes without anybody in it, because those are really useful to show, you know, make sure you pick stuff to work on that really shows the kind of projects you want, the style, the colors, the materials, whatever. And then it was weird to do a bunch of photos with like just my arms, but those <laughs> are so, they, they bring such a, like they bring a more human element to it. And those connect yeah. with people more than just photos of stuff. And then one tip I want to share for getting photos of you is not only make sure you do portrait and horizontal orientation, but what Be Known did with me, which I really appreciated, was they took pictures from far enough away and like with white space around me that I could add graphics. So it could work as a website splash photo with some text next to it and it wouldn't be like over my face. That kind of, like I would never have thought of that had I not worked with a photographer like that. So yeah. that was really helpful. I think it's also helpful to have a list of the kind of shots you want. You're taking away all my points. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm loving it. Your I, turn, I, KB. No, That's all no, I got. No, no all I want to say is like, yes, I'm head nodding over here. It's, those are fantastic tips. 
No, I'm, I'm trying to think what I would maybe add. Yeah. Having a shot list is, is really important. I think the thing that I miss or sc- underestimated the first time I did a brand shot was how much time it would take to prepare. So preparation is so key preparation, preparation, preparation. It always takes longer than you think. Um, so make sure you do a lot of preparation, doing a lot of research and interviewing photographers. If you don't already have one in mind, finding someone whose style you really like, it's just like somebody looking for an interior designer. You want to find somebody that who's already doing stuff you like. Don't make the mistake like I did when hiring a graphic designer once that, oh, if I just show them what I want it to look like, they'll be able to translate it. But that's not the case. Um, If you see somebody that only does these like super ethereal, white, bright, like angelic looking photos, that's what you're going to get. If you want something a little bit more edgy or moody or vibrant, don't expect them to be able to translate that entirely. So research your folks and definitely interview them. Um, uh, Oh, one other thing I was going to say about props, two things actually, is Printing out uh, drawings that you've done before can be really good props for doing flat lays or for doing um, uh, branded photos of any kind, really. Um, Also, especially if you don't have a ton of work in your portfolio yet, if you're just getting started, um, getting fabric samples that really highlight the stuff you want to do, the colors you like to work with if you're you know, really good at that texture story and and going that direction, pull together a palette that reflects that. If you are really a color lover, make sure that your palette and your materials that you select for your, your pictures reflect that as well. Um, don't hesitate to go shop and buy things that you return. I don't know how other people feel about it, but I think it's perfectly fine. (laughs) Trust me. I give all these people plenty of business where things don't get returned. So, um, I'm not too worried about that. Um, but yeah. Oh, and also take, you know, obviously Pinterest is a great resource for going through and getting inspiration photos for how you might want to stand, what feels really natural for you. Um, making sure that your, photos, you're doing body language that reflects that you're, um, warm and trustworthy and inviting and likable. And you're, you're like a friend, you know, um, I have one (laughs) headshot that it's kind of like this bitch face. It's like, my arms are crossed. I like it. It's a pretty photo, but my arms are crossed and it's like this kind of half smile and I like it, but I don't use it as much anymore because it kind of feels hard and like not fierce. I know the photo you're talking about. It's the first one I found of you when I Googled you and I was like, Oh, this this looks legit. (laughs) I'm a little intimidated by her. Anyway. So that funny story about that photo, I was like, I don't know what the case was, but it was like literally the day before I was moving to Texas from Denver and I had a friend who was a good photographer and I had just gotten my hair done. And I was like, can I come to your house? And can you just like real quick, take a picture? She was like, uh, yeah. And so we threw up a black sheet behind me and she took that picture and she Photoshopped it. Cause it was just a sheet. Like you can tell it was a sheet. Anyway, she made it not look like a sheet. It was so rigged together. So don't be afraid to do things like that. Just best advice is do some planning, create a budget, 
research your photographers, get a shot list together, buy props if you need them, um, and have fun with it. And if you need a little, um, liquid confidence for getting your picture taken, like I do, don't, don't feel shame. All right. Great question. Thank you. Stevie. <laughs> All right. Should I go to the next question? Sure. Oh, she's drinking. I'll read the next question. <laughs> Excuse me. Priorities, okay. everybody. Julie, no, so, I got this. Okay. Julie, all right, girl. Julie says in episode 47, you guys were talking about the services that energized you and services that do not. I liked doing that episode, by the way. Leslie mentioned she liked doing design only packages the best. When you do this type of service, does that mean you cannot specify trade only products because the client is responsible for procuring the goods? Do you need to stick with retail sources when specifying goods? This is my favorite kind of package too, but I haven't been able to figure it out since figure out how to get trade sources included. Not sure how. I have a lot to say about this, but you can go go first because I rambled last time. (laughs) All right. Well, first of all, Julie, uh, design only services is actually my e-design service. And so, um, couple of options here. Typically for me, and I, uh, we'll see if Leslie does it the same way. Um, there's pretty much these days, no more, there's no such thing as trade only. There's like 99% of the things that you used to only be able to get from a designer. You can now get, um, through any sort of online retailer. So that's been a big disruption in the design world, but I'm totally cool with it. So yes, you can find those things online. No, you're not going to make the profit on those markups, but guess what? You're going to move on to another client and you're going to be making money, making new services with them instead of purchasing a bunch of stuff. That said, on a design-only project, let's just say one of the things is a really nice sofa and I can do that one purchase for them and make a couple of thousand dollars and the rest give them all the sources that they need to do it. Um, You're a hero because you just took that like big thing off and they feel comfortable letting you handle that while they do all the other stuff. Um, and then you make a little bit of money and they can kind of tackle the rest of it. So those sort of big ticket pieces, um, I will offer to purchase on their behalf, but generally speaking, anything that you can get trade pricing on, you can find a retail source for your client. Uh, but then I also will cherry pick a few of the like big ticket items that I'll, I'll handle on their behalf. So what would you add or do differently, Leslie? You, that was exactly what I was going to say about the sofa is that I will not effing order you three table lamps from three different vendors and make $5 on each lamp. Go away, go to Wayfair, do your thing. Or Paragold. <laughs> I will say Paragold, and as much it's a Wayfair company, blah, blah, blah. But Paragold is where you can find a lot of those trade-only things that are available at retail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I do the same as Kate. I will specify everything and I will make notes of certain things, especially like a sofa is the perfect example because you can sell a trade, a trade only sofa, you know, and you can make one, two, three, four thousand $4,000 on it fairly and square. And for that, yeah, I'll place an order for you and schedule delivery, but I'm not going to order 75 lamps and vases and want to kill myself in my sleep because I'm losing money tracking all your damn orders. So Guys, the wine is kicking in. So yes to that. (laughs) The other thing I have done, and if you're in on my Biz Tip Monday emails, you probably read this a couple months ago, is that I love to find a local resource 
that carries the brands oh, I love. I'm sorry. I love your little Canadianness that just came out. Resource. What did I do? What is okay? What is it in the states? Resource. Resource, resource. I know. Resource. Go away, America. <laughs> Bougie Canadian. Whatever. I love I'm it. Half of it. I have my citizenship now. I'm both, but what yeah. you guys are not Canadian. Anyway, about that resource I was telling you about. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've talked about Miko and Boone before. I love them. And I'm just using them as an example because they are a good example of what can be done is that they're a local showroom. They do, they're a design firm and they work with designers and they place orders on our behalf. There's another company here in Macon, Robinson Home. Shout out, Carrie. I love you. That's doing it as well. And designer Inc. is another option. Yeah. Designer Inc. is probably one you guys have heard of before. Can they they work directly with your clients? No. And that's why I didn't mention Designer Inc. And they're amazing for aggregating all your orders. But... Miko and Boone, for example, what I, what I have done is my clients can go, like I can spec everything. My clients can go to them. Well, I don't know. That's not true, but we tried that. It didn't work. So what you might be able to do is send your clients to a design center or a design resource where they can place one order for multiple things. And potentially you can work with that company to have a commission back to you, not a kickback, nothing illegal, but they can often do that as an arrangement with you for sending the, for you sending them the client. So there are ways to do it, but honestly, guys, it often ends up being more trouble than it's worth. I have really rebuilt my business model to make money on design. And if I happen to sell a couch every once in a while, it's gravy, but I'm no longer holding on to product income as you know, revenue that I'm really counting on anymore because clients, I've done this before where I've arranged, you know, all the purchasing through one person, one vendor, one place. And the client's like, Oh, you know, I just Googled it and I found this for $50 less, or I just ordered it because it was faster. So I think the reality is if you're doing design only, you have to let go of the idea of trade only or having a lot of income coming from products There are select opportunities where it can be beneficial, but for the most part, I just send them on their merry way. And most clients seem to be happier about doing that because they feel like they have more control. They can order on their schedule and they can make things happen as it works for them. I love it. And I just, a little bit of a selfish plug here, but it's actually not selfish. I want to help you guys out with this because I have so much to say about this and I'm going to be talking more about this topic specifically in the e-design workshop that is happening on September 10th. Um, hi, Christy Spearman. It's so good to see you. I'm waving back. Um, so yeah, and it's, it is a little bit of a mindset, mind, mind, mind shit. <laughs> Champagne mind, and wine mind does not make a good mind, podcast. Mindset shift. <laughs> All right, moving on. I think we yeah. that one. Okay. Leslie, you want to take the next question? All right. I love this question. Stephanie. We're rolling along. So we might actually have some time for some extra uh, client questions from our viewers right now, which would be so fun. Okay. This is really my first like interactive Instagram live. And it's actually not that bad. I get so nervous. I feel like I'm, I should not have had 
this wine, guys. I feel like I'm blubbering on about nothing, but there's some good in there. Just go with it. Okay. So this question came from Stephanie and I love this because the Kate and Stephanie and I got in this whole email conversation about this, but I want to talk about it here too. So Stephanie says, I have sort of a silly and fun question. It's going to make me feel better. Me, Leslie, because she says my Enneagram sucks worse than your Enneagram. She is a four. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys know the Enneagram. My husband's actually a four. I think four is the performer and they tend to be maybe a little bit like moody and withdrawn. And she said, I may have cried when I discovered this a few weeks ago. I know Kate, you talk about your Enneagram type often and you are so energetic and excited about it. But when I think about mine, it feels like a jail sentence. Like I'll be stuck in my head forever. And the pandemic and being home with kids is making being stuck moving forward so much worse. So how much weight do you put into these personality tests? All right, Enneagram lover, bring it on. (laughs) Well, so you saw my email response to her. It crushed me that she felt like it was a jail sentence. And I was afraid that she did the same thing that I did, which was go to, and this isn't a full on shame, but the Enneagram Institute has pretty harsh, like translations. Um, they're real. They're not meant to stroke, stroke your ego. They're meant to help you grow and become better. And you, it also really like, they also really shine a light on what you're great at, but there's another website and shoot, I'll see if I can multitask and pull it up here that I think is a much more, um, constructive way of describing the Enneagram types. So I pulled up their description of a four and I sent it to her and I was like, have you read this description of a four? Cause I think a four sounds pretty awesome. What I, site did it come from Kate? Cause um, I have another one I want to throw into the mix too. Who asked her? Uh, let's see. What's her name that asked that question? Um, we've been emailing Stephanie. Stephanie. That's right. Gosh. So while Kate's looking for that, I will say one, I can't believe I'm talking about liking the Enneagram now. guys. Uh, what is <laughs> so the website I found that I actually really liked the Enneagram definitions was crystalnose.com. Crystal like the sparkly thing and nose like you're smart and you know things. Weird name, but it has been helpful to me. And I mentioned in a past episode, I think, where I started doing some research into my ideal clients and I realized all of my ideal clients are threes and so am I. And so I've actually been able to use some of the verbiage I found on crystalnose.com and tweak my web copy and my emails and my social media to really attract more Enneagram three. So there you go, guys. Never did I ever think I would have good things to say about the Enneagram because I don't like it, but all right, Kate, what was your website? I think you pulled it up. I did pull it up. It's called integrative nine.com. And that was the source that I really liked the way that they talk about, uh, the different Enneagrams. So Stephanie's question was ultimately how much stock do you put in this? And I say, look, like the Myers Briggs, it doesn't resonate with me. The I love Myers Briggs. See, I know it doesn't resonate with me the same <laughs> way. Mostly because I can never remember what the f I was. I'm like, I don't know. And every time it's different. Anyway, um, Enneagram. I happen to like it because it's. I see Hannah Bo- Bauer, creative, also loves Enneagram. Um, that you can be a he- healthy seven or an unhealthy seven. And it's about being balanced. And so for me, it really resonates. If it doesn't resonate with you, let it go and find something else that does. Um, you're not bound to it. It's not a jail sentence. Um, but also sometimes just looking critically at yourself in the areas where you really struggle, um, can really help you grow as an individual, as a friend, as a mother, as a business owner. 
And so if you can start to not take it so personally and use it to help you grow, um, then I think it can be more digestible. Look, an unhealthy seven is like, they've got too many projects going on. They're trying to do all the things too much. They never say no, which is why my word for the year is no. (laughs) It's like, I knew there was a pandemic going to happen or something. Um, so, um, you know, we tend to be really impulsive, which makes sense for me. And I have to really like tamper that. Um, and when I'm not, being a healthy seven, it shows up in ways that I really don't like about myself. But when I'm aware of it, then I can start to be like, Ooh, that seven is showing up, not in a healthy way. Let's turn this ship around. So (laughs) that's my two cents. Great question, Stephanie. It's not a jail sentence, but also if you're not into it, just let it go. You don't have to be into it. That's cool. Yeah. Totally cool. In terms of putting weight into it, it's not something that I put a lot of weight into. And it's funny because you are a four. My husband is a four. I'm a seven. No, 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 sorry. You as oh, in she, um, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Stephanie. I know you're a seven. I'm <laughs> reluctantly a three wing four. I know this now. And it's one of those things that is funny because Myers Briggs, I'm like, yes, INFJ, that explains me. That I put a lot of weight into because I like it. Yeah. But I'm mad at it. He's like, you are not an INFJ. You are not a three. You are Leslie. I'm like, but he can't tell you what you are. I am an introvert and nobody believes me. And I'm like, whatever. I'm an introvert I remember too. the first time I said that to Mike's dad, who's a, who's a therapist counselor. He was like, you are not an introvert. Well, compared to his family, maybe not, but <laughs> I actually am. Nobody believes me anyway. Uh, I was going to say one more thing about that. Well, whatever. <laughs> I still think Enneagram is dumb. Moving on. Oh, <laughs> but no, I you don't know. No. Right, I've embraced it. it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The Enneagram Institute, what I do like about the way they interpret the Enneagrams is um, they have a list of famous people. And sometimes, not all the time, but most of the time, you're like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like so-and-so. She's a boss or whoever. Or like, wow, that was an amazing person. But there are other times where you're like famous Enneagram type fours, just so we know some cool people. Um, I did this for her the other day and I almost said it to her, but I was like, Eric Clapton, Johnny Depp is a four, Judy Garland, James Dean. Yes. There we go. Stephanie, Um, James Dean, come on. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Kate Winslet, she's legit. I like her. But they are all kind of like moody like like uh what's the word kind of like dark but not in a like, dreary way they're creatives they're performers they're creatives they're deep thinkers and they've yeah. got lot they got so much going on in here that's all ethereal and nebulous and they got to get it out in a cool creative way and i think that's a fabulous attribute for a designer how are we doing on time can i look at your enneagram three people Sure. Let's do this. So, okay. We've got literally 15 minutes until my kids will come flying down the stairs. <laughs> so we're still good. Lord, we're and like, one more question that I know of, unless someone else wants to chime in in the comments, <laughs> Christy says Enneagram fours are brooding. That's a great definition of my husband. <laughs> he can be brooding. <laughs> so Enneagram three is the achiever, I think. And the three itself didn't really describe me, but when I dug deeper and I realized I was a three wing four, oh, that really got me. Okay. Kate, uh, bring Madonna, it let's start with Madonna. Okay. 
Are these Enneagram threes you're talking about now? Yeah. So it kind of goes in order from like their in contemporary. So Augustus Caesar, Bill Clinton. (laughs) Some good ones, girl. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) Muhammad Ali, uh, Andy Warhol, Truman Capote, Tony Robbins. That makes sense. Okay. Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. All right. Moving on. Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> oh, you got some good ones here. Will Smith, Courtney Cox, Demi Moore, Kevin Spacey, and Reese Witherspoon. Who doesn't love Reese Witherspoon? All right, then we need to Google Enneagram 7 so we know who. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Like, all right, Jim Carrey, Elton John, George Clooney, Mick Jagger, Kate Blanchett. You got some good ones there, apparently. Oh. Oh, I just got taken to a website called onlinepharmacy.com. That was Most a scam uh-huh. That's fine. Anyway, there's there's good in every Enneagram number, and we don't want anyone feeling like there's a bad one. So, Stephanie, you're awesome. You're creative. You got deep things going on in there that you need to get out into interiors, and it's going to be fabulous. So Hannah's asking in the comments, have you read The Road Back to You, the Enneagram book? I tried, and I got bored. <laughs> But I know it's like the Enneagram book. I'll try again sometime. No, but Hannah, I'm going to put it on my book list. Great recommendation. You know me. I love a good book recommendation. Okay. I lost my questions. What's the last question? The last question that we have officially to answer today is from Jen. And she says, what social media channel do you find most valuable for growing your business and finding new clients? I think it depends on who your ideal client is. Oh, go on. Elaborate. (laughs) So... I'm sure How about you? That, well, for Kate Bendewald interior design. What is we're not talking about, I, I will talk about that, but we're not just okay. talking about me. I think that th- there's definitely data and research out there that says what age and demographic and gender, where people are spending their time on social media. I don't have that data offhand. So I'm going to go off the cuff here. Let's say that your ideal client is a super busy, um, corporate, uh, you know, mega bucks, multi houses, he and she, those, those folks are on LinkedIn. So hang out in LinkedIn. If your ideal client is more of the empty nester, they really are ready to have this, you know, beautiful booming house. Their um, kids are off to college, trying to think of some other things to <laughs> bit like to entertain those kind of things. They're probably on Facebook if they're, you know, um, you know, 50 and older. If your ideal client is 30s to 40s, you know, Instagram is definitely um, where I'd be spending, focusing the majority of my time. Um, But that is definitely not a universal. I'm sure you could argue against that, too. But um, I think you know, for me, that's just kind of like a good starting place, but it's so easy to share the same things on Facebook that you do on Instagram these days. Um, so, you know, you, you might as well try, honestly, my, the way I got started, cause I didn't, I did have a community here, but I posted in our Facebook mommies group, which is a monstrous group of women. <laughs> they, they're hilarious. I, we joined the Facebook group in another town that I lived in. And it was awful, like catty, shaming, horrible people. And Just I was photos like, photos of rashes. What, oh, what is my what kid is have? This? Like go yeah. to a doctor. Good grief. 
Anyway, I love the Facebook mommies group in our neighborhood here. Um, they're resourceful. They're helpful. They give great recommendations. Anyway, one day I just posted in the group, Hey, I just wanted to share with everybody. I just started my interior design business. Here's my website. I'd love if, you're, if you have any interior design needs, I'd love to hop on a discovery call with you. That one post was a snow, had a snowball effect for me. I got one inquiry out of it. I probably got more, but one turned into a project and I have ended up working with them twice. And she, in return, after our first time together, posted back in the group and said, Hey, I wanted to share about my experience with Kate. It was, you know, she was very lovely. And, um, that it's sort of like this web, it just starts to grow. And then those people come back and say something. And, uh, and then I started realizing how beneficial that one group was. So after I finished a project, I would ask my client, Hey, this is a really helpful avenue for me to find more clients just like you. Would you mind sharing about your experience in the group? And they were more than happy to do it. So that little Facebook group, rather than just like Facebook at large was really, um, powerful for me getting my business started. Plus they're they were in my neighborhood. Hello. That's awesome. They were like-minded. They were moms. And so they were just a really fun, easy group of, of people to work for. So I like at that time in my life, that was my ideal client and, and I really enjoyed it. So think about your ideal client and where they're spending time. What would you add? <sighs> Social media. Okay. First I want to talk, I'm going to dial back a bit. Yeah. I think it's important to know what growing your business means. And then you did specify finding new clients. So, okay. That might be how you're looking to grow your business. But if you're looking to grow your email list, that's one thing. If you're looking to get more paying clients, I think that's something different. And I'll be honest for me, social media, while it's great for building the no like, and trust factor, it rarely is the reason someone hires me. And going along with your year of no Kate, just a few weeks ago, I'm so over Facebook, you guys. I have it because we live nowhere near family and I get as a business owner, I'm quote supposed to, but if we didn't have that, I'd get rid of it. And I have been holding on to my Facebook business page forever because I have good reviews, but I hate it. I hate it. Hate managing it. Hate po- like, I don't like anything about it. And a few weeks ago I deactivated it and guess what? The world hasn't ended and I'm still getting new client inquiries. So I think social media can be a great tool. I think it's also something that we put a lot of stake into and don't realize there's also other ways to market and meet people. Kate, I think you're onto something with the Facebook groups. If you can find a great group, a mommy's group and engage and be beneficial and get to know those people, that's connection that is essential to building a business. But I would rather poke myself in the arm with a hot stick than be in a lot of Facebook groups. So I, <laughs> I'm saying no to a lot of Facebook. I'm still on Instagram because I like it, but I don't get a lot of direct inquiries. For me, um, the most valuable social channel for going my business has been honestly Google ads and email marketing and a, this is funny because it's not a social channel, but appearing on podcasts, pitching other people to be a guest on their podcast to reach new audiences. I know that's not exactly what the question was, but for me, social's kind of been tanking. I haven't seen a great return on my time or investment. And it, you know, it's great to have an audience. It's great to have people engage. And of course I want that community and that does nurture people and hopefully eventually they'll purchase, but I'm 
kind of letting go of some of the social stuff with my time being more limited and my energy being more limited. But I like Instagram and I think my clients are probably there, which is why I'm keeping that. But I don't want to do Facebook groups, Kate. I'm sorry. I won't do it. (laughs) Well, I certainly don't want to manage um, a Facebook group, but being active and one Mm -hmm. that where you get, you're, you're giving and getting things out of the group for me. Yeah, that's true. It's been really great. I know too, that like a lot of, I I know this is a hard time because we're doing less in person, but, um, you know, I have this list, 20 high, 20 places to meet high-end clients. And a lot of them are, you know, I haven't been sharing that too much lately just because of what's going on. It doesn't feel like a right fit, but you know, some of those things on the list are, you know, like joining your local country club or your church, you know, getting involved with your, with your church, which, you know, if that's don't do it for the sake of getting clients, the church thing, <laughs> go, go Same to, with serving on a board or a committee. Those are great already, ways. Yeah. If you're, it's already, gotta be authentic. If you're already a part of it, um, uh, you know, it can be a natural segue. Um, I've talked at length about meeting and developing relations with clients is a long game, um, for me, but, um, a lot of times if you're, let's say you're already involved in you're part of a country club or you're part of a church, perhaps they have an online private Facebook group or, um, some sort of forum that's online, especially, and it's perhaps more active right now during these times. Um, if there's a natural way to just share like, Hey, I just wanted to share that this is something that I do. And if anybody ever needs help, I'd love to be able to, um, work with people who I already know and love and help nurture you in that way. So, um, yeah, you can think beyond your traditional Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, um, and uh, focus more on some of the groups you're already in. And but doing it in a like really authentic and how can I help you kind of way. So. Yeah, I think that's great. Louise well, says, "Loving the year of no." By the way, I do too, Kate. <laughs> I was on a call the other day with. Um, some folks from Fisher and Peichel and it was two reps and one rep was introducing me to the other one. And, um, one rep was like, Hey, aren't you getting ready to open a, a shop or something? And I don't know where he got that idea. He must've just confused me with somebody else. And I was like, no. And the other lady was like, I like how she just very matter of factly and fiercely was like, and eh, no. And I was like, "Why do you say that? I've made this the year of no, and I've been practicing it for a few months. And it gets real easy. <laughs> you get a no, you get a no, you get a no. Um, Saying but, no to Facebook was my first big no. Oh, and I mean, I was I terrified. Was a big deal for you though. Yeah. There's been all these social media shoulds for me and I've had such good routines and systems for engaging, but I was like, I hate this. It's like, you know, you. you go through all this effort and you get one or two likes. Thank you, girl. And like maybe a comment and she's like, why am I even doing this? Like there's way better ways I can spend my time. But I was afraid to let go of social media channels because I had great reviews on Facebook. I think I had like 13 five-star reviews. Like I don't take that lightly. That's huge that people have taken the time to say nice things and leave reviews. I'm like, what's going to happen? Let me tell you guys, nothing's different. It's fine. Just 
don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. I, I have relied on Google ads, uh, a mm-hmm. number of times and I like, cause you can just turn them on or turn them off whenever yeah. I will say, if you are interested in getting more engaged on social and you want a really good resource, I love Wingnut social, uh, with Darla Powell. She's um, awesome. They have a, yeah. They have a podcast. She's in a couple of other Facebook groups that were in, um, I've hired them myself and they've, they've been lovely to work with. Um, so shout out to them. Um, yeah, but they are the social media marketing brand that specifies in specifically for interior designers. Good Lord. Couldn't get that one out. <laughs> so anyway, they are awesome. Uh, let them know we sent you. Um, just, you know, even if you just listen to their podcast, but they can also help you. Um, they do have a package. Um, it's been a little while, but I, I would bet they still offer it um, where they can help you develop your social media strategy and help you figure out the best platform to, to pick, you know, if you don't want to try to do all of them, pick the one that is most ideal for you. And so they were really helpful in helping me get clear on that for myself. So, um, check them out. I think they might be able to help you. Awesome. Anybody on the poet, do we have, do your kids haven't busted in the well, yet. I was just going to say, it's only 2.59. I've got one more minute. I do think it would be better to end strong and stay focused and not be pulled a million directions since we don't have any other questions coming in. But oh. I just want to, I mean, you guys that are here live, thank you. And I know you've been with us for a while and have been emailing and following along and we are so grateful. I don't want to get emotional because this is real sad, but we're so happy that you guys have been here with us and have engaged. And we love that we've been able to help you because this is what we needed three years ago when we met. Like we just, we didn't have people to bounce ideas off of and hear how other people really do things. So we're so grateful that a year and a half and 50 episodes in, there's a thing here that is meaningful to other designers. And we're just the fact that a bunch of you took an hour to sit here with us and be present. And I mean, you guys don't even know. This is, I mean, I it's so life-giving cry. and beautiful. <laughs> I wasn't going to cry, but now you're going to make me. Of course you're going to cry. You cry like every episode. <laughs> I have lately. Can you, can you imagine why? Listen, right? guys, we've been getting a lot of questions about, are we still going to be able to access the episodes? And the answer is yes, we are. The website will be there. Designersoasis.com is going to stay. Designersgettingcoffee.com. America, I just, it's like... <laughs> I, you remember when you were a kid and you would call your mom, dad, and your dad, mom, like our, my daughters call me Rochelle. That's our nanny. She's like, Rochelle. I mean, mom, you know, it's like they're in your bucket, in your brain buckets. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Designers they're both going to be there. And designers <laughs> Oasis is amazing too, but yes, the website saying coffee.com will remain for the indefinite future. Um, we have found an option to help us host the audio files for free. So we don't have to keep paying for that. So as far as I know, we'll just continue to have it. Um, yep, everything is switched over and should just be living on iTunes and yeah. all the other places indefinitely. So yeah, nothing's coming down. We'll still have the email address. You can always reach us. Like I know Kate's got Designers Oasis, and if you're not on her email list, you're crazy. Go do that. She's amazing, and she's got great, great, great teachings oh, going thank you. on. We at you guys, I am so excited, and we are almost full on this Um this workshop that we have coming up. So if you haven't already signed up for the e-design workshop, guys, come join me. It's going to be so good. Remember e-design 
is basically design only. Um, so you can do e-design for your next door neighbor. It's just another service that you can offer. And I think it makes a ton of sense right now with where we are. I would love for you guys. Leslie's going to be there. <laughs> it's going to be so I am good. Signed up. It's going to be so good. So I hope you will please, please, please tell your friends, join me. It'll be live. And then we'll have a Q and a session afterwards. I will already tell you, I am going to be so nervous. There are a lot of people joining for this. And I'm like, I've never talked to this many people at once. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be good. It'll be so good. And you guys also make sure you don't miss Leslie on her biz tips Monday on the Insta, right? No, it, the biz tip Monday is an email. But all anything related to designers is on my website at lesliemeyerk.com. You'll see a little tab at the top that says for designers. And you can get in on the Biz Tip Monday emails. There's more information about the Badass Biz Bundle, which is my one-on-one six-month coaching extravaganza of amazingness. Extravaganza, I would love yes. to have you a part of because it is yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal to kickstart your business. And yeah, and then there's always this podcast as a resource and you guys have our, you know where to reach us. We're both still on Instagram at Leslie Myrick and at Designers Oasis. Cool. So don't forget about us. We still love you. Know you know what we should do is when the pandemic is over, we should have a, um, a party. We should have a meetup. We'll go to market and we'll have a big meetup party. Wouldn't that be fun? I love that idea. High point at some point when it's safe to do so. <laughs> let's do that. All yeah. right. You guys are so amazing. You're kicking ass. We love you. We're going to miss you, but we're going to stay in touch via our own separate channels. We appreciate um, all the love and we wish you the best. All right. Leslie. Love you guys. Thank you for this journey. It's been so good. It's been so good. Kate, I love you. I was kind of hoping your kids were going to come down and attack you and be like, mom, it's time for Well, Ford did come down, but he just kind of like snuck away. But literally Instagram is telling me we have 58 seconds remaining. I didn't know there was a time limit. So I'm glad we wrapped this up. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go before we get cut off. You guys are amazing. Go kick ass in business. You got this. Go find your designer bestie. Start a podcast and we'll listen to you next. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye Bye, guys. guys. Ford just came in and brought the cat. He wanted to show everybody, but I missed the chance because we had to hang up. (laughs) Well, we're going to give him his chance.